regards to any of the countries that are in type turmoil or conflict with each other. What about so this has the, has turmoil on so it? So he has the Star David and then... I'm wearing one. Do you want me to take it off too? That's what it sounded like last week at Toronto's Scotiabank Arena, when two lawyers, Gary Grill and his friend Leora Shemish, went to take in a Toronto Raptors game against Brooklyn. About 15 minutes into the first quarter, they left their platinum seats and went to order a drink at a bar near where the players' dressing rooms are. Grill was wearing a necklace with a silver dog tag that says bring them home and a black hoodie with white lettering showing a couple of stars of David and on the back in white the words free our hostages. It was a gift from his friend Leora. She was wearing a necklace in the shape of the state of Israel with a star of David. A security guard stopped Grill and said there was a problem with his hoodie. It was too political. He asked if he was being kicked out and then they switched into lawyer mode. Her supervisor was called in. The supervisor was named Chad. Here's tape of that conversation Grill and Shemesh had with the supervisor, who, by the way, knew he was being recorded. We're not picking sides. So therefore, we do not allow anything with a political message on. And is that Anything that has a political message. You mean like my star, David? Star, David's fine, but it's a message on the back of the shirt. The star has nothing to do with it. It's a message on the back of the shirt. So they're enforcing the long-standing policy which you can read in our show notes, but it's also on the MLSE website, that fans cannot bring any clothing, flags, banners, signs, or symbols that could be political or used to incite protest or discrimination. The whole encounter took about 10 minutes, and Grill was advised he could take the hoodie off and get a free Raptor shirt instead, or he could just cover it all up with his coat and stay. Otherwise, well, it would be his problem. My never again involves never being quiet again and always speaking out. We have to use our voices, especially during these times. It's part of never again. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, February the 26th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Gary Grill and Leora Shemesh are high-profile Toronto criminal defense lawyers, and they're often in the media spotlight. Shemesh is also currently a member of a local Jewish activist group to fight anti-Semitism. It's called Yalla. She's also vice president of the Abraham Global Peace Initiative, which could be described as right-wing. Grill says he's not a member of either group. They decided to go public with what happened at the Raptors game that night, and the story has indeed exploded. The opposition leader Pierre Polyev tweeted his support for them. B'nai Brith wants an explanation. One L.A. Clippers fan in California has invited them to use his courtside seats if they want to come down and wear the offending hoodies there. Grill and Shemesh join me now to explain why, at the very least, they want an apology from MLSC, and they want the arena policy revisited, and not just for them who support Israel, but also for anyone, including a pair of Palestinian siblings who were ordered to take off their kafiyas at a Mariah Carey concert recently. It's good to speak to you, the whole city, the whole country, many people around the world are talking about what happened to the two of you. Can we go back to how this all came to be? Anyone can start. I'm not sure there was like a decision made. It was it was a game that uh, Gary and I had uh, wanted to go to. Uh, I uh, I bought that sweatshirt for him. I think a while ago. 
I had gifted friends and family members with these sweatshirts in solidarity with uh, hostages and their families. Um, but I, I don't think any of that was on our minds when we went to this game. It was really just a night out to, to see the Raptors. Uh, I'm a season's ticket holder. I love going. I love supporting my city. I love the Raptors. And uh, we had gone for dinner. Uh, Gary was in that sweatshirt. Uh, I had come from court that day in, in just regular clothes. Um, I don't think there was any conscious decision to to wear the sweatshirt to see what would happen. I think it was just a sweatshirt that I think he wore proudly. I mean, I'll let him speak for himself, but I, I certainly didn't have a plan uh, for any one of us to wear the sweatshirt and to call attention to ourselves at the Raptor game. Gary, do you want to pick up there, please? You know, Leora and I are very close and we um, commiserated after October 7th quite often, right? literally crying to each other. We, like probably every other right-thinking member of this planet, was in shock by what happened on October 7th. And every day that we go about our daily lives, lives, we continue to remember that our people are stuck in a terror dungeon somewhere, a terror tunnel. And there's a, there's a baby there. There's children. There are, there are women that... You know, we continue to wonder, like, whether or not they're, you know, continuing to be raped on a daily basis. And it haunts us. It's like you can't sleep. You can't do your daily routine. And so I think when Liara got me that sweatshirt, it was it was like the most one of the most thoughtful gifts that anyone could have gotten me. And I, n- I never really got the opportunity to wear it. And we had decided that because, you know, we're I don't go out a lot and we haven't seen each other because we're so busy and we haven't celebrated our birthdays. And like, how do you go out and enjoy yourself in, in this world right now? Again, knowing where our people are. And I, you know, I texted her that day and said, you know what? Um, I'm going to wear my sweatshirt tonight because that's my compromise. If I can go out and enjoy a night out with my best friend and have a meal and watch a basketball t- game, something we just take for granted right now, um, and we shouldn't, then the compromise was at least, you know, I, I, I'm not going to do this without making sure that I'm reminded and the people around me are at least reminded that there are people who can't do this right now. And so that's why I decided to wear it. I, haven't, I hadn't worn it except kind of in the home, and I decided this is my first public outing. I'm going to do it. And Leora thought it was a great idea and too bad, you know, she had been at the office. She would have worn hers too, no no doubt. But did we think we were going to get kicked out? Did we think we were going to offend any policy? Not at all. Did you even know about the policy itself that existed at all? No clue. No, we had no idea. And, and quite frankly, I'd been wearing my sweatshirt for a while now, wearing it out in the community on the weekends, wearing it to the tennis courts when I play. I mean, I've been wearing them proudly. I have one in black. I have one in blue. My kids wear them to school at public schools. I didn't even think about it. You go in. Gary had, and had taken off his, his jacket and was just wearing the, the hoodie. Um, and we were trying to actually order a drink at our seats and we just couldn't find the drink we wanted. And so we decided to go down to the Platinum Lounge. And so I think that was the first opportunity where the sweatshirt could be seen by members of the security team in the arena. So this was like the first quarter or 
Oh, we were we didn't even have 20 points on on the board, I don't think at that point. It was minutes into the game, but yeah. uh, we went down to get our drinks, we got our drinks, we were going back up to our seats and we got stopped. It was and we think it was this particular security guard who had made a judgment call on all on her own because we later learned that nobody had complained. So she's the one who stopped me and said um, I'm going to ask you to stop. We have, we have an, wait right here. We have an issue with your shirt because it's about the war. And we were like, what? What are you talking about? Yes, if you could just wait right here, my boss is coming over to speak with you. And I had forgotten my phone in my seat, like in the cup holder of the seat. And I said, okay, that's fine. My, my lawyer's just going to go get my phone. You know, so so I was, I'm kind of detained at that moment. And Lear went up and got the phone down and I, I started, you know, recording um, as soon as she brought it back. And I don't know, we waited a few minutes, you know, people on walkie talkies. But the interesting part is while we were waiting, kind of in this like alcove, kind of out of view, but not completely out of view. In the Platinum Lounge. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's where the players, the players come onto the court through that corridor. And so there's secu- generally security there. There's like a, a stationary bike and the players go back and forth. And so oftentimes security's there stopping people, allowing the players to go in and out. And, and I, I've seen her there quite often. In fact, she's been sort of referenced as being the, the hall, monitor, hall monitor of sorts of, of the security officials. But a police officer showed up very quickly and kind of stood about 10 feet away. So we noticed that we're criminal lawyers. It's like, we're not, we're not scared of authority, you know, but somebody else might've been, somebody else might've been very, very intimidated what was going on and what was happening to them. It just turns out, you know, they picked on the wrong people that day. Uh, You know, cops don't scare us. Security guards don't scare us. And we were, we were very, you know, comfortable in speaking our minds. Okay. Tell me th- th- what, why you decided to leave rather than, from my hear the reports, they offered you just give you a Raptors jersey in if you took it off, right? Is that correct? And why you chose to just not make an issue? Ellen, come on. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> after what we just said, like, there's no way I'm going to forget about my people uh, who are being held hostage and go and enjoy a Raptor game and a Raptor cert and not wear the hoodie I came with. There, there was no way that was going to happen, nor would we give, you know, there was just no possibility that that was going to happen. And, and we said to them, what if we refuse? And they said, we'll ask you to leave. Now, we know what ask you to leave means. Under the Trespass to Property Act, when a homeowner or someone who is in lawful possession of property asks you to leave and you refuse, you can be charged with trespass under the Trespass to Property Act. So... That's what was. That's what the two options were: take it off, or cover it up, or refuse to leave and we'll trespass you. What motivated you to go public with this? What did you hope will happen by doing this? I don't want to say I didn't think it would go public, but in fairness, Leora did did warn the. Oh, I did. Yeah, she did warn the assistant chief of security. I can't remember what his title is. That you know, uh, they might want to reconsider because this has the potential of going viral. And he said, well, you do what you want to do. 
the other problem I thought the whole of the whole situation was that he really couldn't articulate what was political about it. He just knew it had something to do with the war, but he actually couldn't articulate what it was about the message that, you know, fell under this umbrella of the policy. I just, it, he never really explained, <laughs> explained it all that well, certainly not to me. You know, it was clearly above his pay grade, Alan. I mean, it, it, that's, and that's the real problem here is that, you know, security guards who are definitely trained into, you know, how to secure premises, how to deal with crowd control, how to deal with violent issues, seem to have been given the mandate of interpreting very, very difficult policy decisions on behalf of MLSE. You're aware of the brother and sister earlier this year at the Mariah Carey concert, apparently were refused to go in, A, because they had to take off their kafias and B, with the signs. How does that sit with you? I mean, it's not just that they singled out you guys. They apparently also were being even-handed with Palestinians, too. So, Yeah, you can sympathize with, with a venue that is involved in gladiatorism. That's what this is, right? These are gladiators that, you know, people are coming to watch and forget about the, the misery of their daily lives for, for a second. It's supposed to be entertainment. And you can understand why they may, may not want people to be inundated with political slogans that could be polarizing, that could detract from the enjoyment of the show because it could lead to something else. Right, they but they let the NHL all-star woman singer wear a keffiyeh sweater, but she's a performer, not a fan. Well, and prior to going out to sing the anthem, which is the most troubling nature of her message. Uh, they didn't vet her stuff. Right, but one of the messages was all the Zionists should stay home or are free to stay home. But in terms of like, do you think anyone should be allowed to wear shirts, MAGA hats? I don't know. I'm thinking off the top of my head, anything at this arena. What's wrong with the policy? Tell me why you're pursuing this. Well, Ellen, here's the thing. People do wear all kinds of things at the MLSC. The Raptors themselves wear Black Lives Matters with good reason. Uh, people in Canada are wearing Every Child Matters shirts. People are celebrating LGBTQ plus diversities. And the Raptors and uh, other teams um, are championing these causes, which are, all, which are all political. So once you start picking and choosing the appropriate political messages, you are risking um, discriminating against others. I mean, let's call it what it is. MLSC doesn't want what's going up going on on the streets of Toronto to spill into their arena. They don't want that. This really isn't about political messaging, as we've just discussed. Lots of people are political messaging in that very arena. You know, that night, too, was Caribbean night. I'm sure you, you've known, you know that. It was Caribbean night, and uh, that particular night, everybody on the bench, all the Raptors were wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. This, this wasn't, you know, another night. It was a night where they were celebrating. Right. We're talking about the performers, as you said, the gladiators, and not the fans. Let's go back yeah. to your story. You, you went public. You got a lot of attention. What kind of feedback did you get? I mean, listen, I think lots of people have sent, uh, you know, letters and emails and phone calls of support. And a lot of people were shocked by it. They thought the message was one, as I've now advocated many times in, in many of the media outlets. I thought it was a message that everybody could get behind. I really did. I thought it was no different than the Boko Haram, you know, bring our girls home. I really thought it was a very peaceful message 
and one that wouldn't be offensive, that would never be seen as being offensive. Um, so I've gotten a, a ton of support, but people have sent me, you know, messages from, I'll call it the other side, um, who have mocked the message, uh, have done like a play on the words. Um, like what do they say specifically? Yeah, one of them was, um, how about you free our hostages? Anything pushback that you're concerned about because personal safety, doxing, things like that, either no. of you? If, you know, if, if a client chooses to not obviously hire me because of my message, I guess I'll never know. But uh, no one has, has said anything to me publicly about, you know, not coming to me and seeking my services as a result of, of being involved. Yeah. What about you, Gary? Are you getting any? Uh, you know, people have pointed out to me that some of the media outlets who do uh, allow comments at the end of the stories, some of it is, you know, some of it's pretty scary. Uh, some of it is, you know, um, is downright anti-Semitic. Uh, you know, that's just another day in Toronto. Uh, we're experiencing that on, you know, a, a daily basis. Don't take half measures when it comes to home security. Alarms and cameras work, but they'll only tell you that your worst nightmare just came true. Safety Screen by Metalex for windows and doors will keep your family safe and sound with real stopping power. They can't be cut pride or bashed in so you can enjoy carefree ventilation in the spring and fall with peace of mind and protect your fixed windows and doors with rock glass an absolutely unbreakable clear covering call 416-638-2539 or visit metalexsecurity.com to book your free consultation that's m-e-t-a-l-e-x security.com remember prevention is always better than the cure and I saw, uh, Gary, on your LinkedIn that a uh, U.S. attorney has come to your aid. Is he representing you or is this, are you going further with this? What's the story? As Lior predicted, this, is, this has gone viral. And, and so it's reached people, you know, throughout this planet, you know, and this is, you know, half a continent away or a full continent away in L.A., a, a lawyer who's reading about it and is outraged. And he's got season tickets for the Clippers and couldn't believe that this message would not be allowed in a, um, an NBA stadium. And he has offered me and Lior and anybody else who wants to put on this sweatshirt to come down and sit on his courtside seats and watch a Clippers game. Well, Kawhi is there, so that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, we're, we're Lior and I are a little bit busy right now to fly out to LA <laughs> to do it. Otherwise, we'd be right there. Um, but you know, the the wonderful thing is, he said anybody, anybody who wants to come, can come. I have um, a woman from Seattle. I'm going to break out into tears. A woman from Seattle uh, contacted me. And she sent me, uh, you know, the hostage, you know, all the different hostage pictures of each and every single one of the hostage. And she said, this is my brother-in-law. If I, if I put this on a shirt and came down, would they kick me out even if it's a family member? Nobody knows, you, you know, you feel it, especially from somebody so close to one of the hostages. They don't know what to do. They don't know what little tiny act they can do in order to do something, anything, to get their people home, to get their family members home. And the reason why I'm so moved by this message, I mean, together with obviously with what's going on in Israel and I have family there and friends there and my father's Israeli and I've ex you know extended uh, people in Israel, is that a very dear friend of mine's first cousin is a hostage. 
she was one of the girls that they had obviously posted a, a photo of and seeing an image of her. And You mean the ones of the last four that were beaten up? Yeah, Romy. So, you know, and then I see Nate Buzz, who I follow on Instagram. I don't know if you follow him, but um, Nate Buzz is, is a guy, is really a guy who's gone viral on social media. He's dating an Israeli model, but he's a, a staunch Christian and has been in Israel since October, obviously covering the war and very, very pro-Israel. But anyway, he walks around, he's from LA and he walks around wearing free our hostages and so when I saw him obviously posting this on social media, I said, oh my God, this is such a wonderful initiative, which is when I engaged obviously all of these, you know, sweatshirts and gift giving for, for my friends is I got the idea from him. And coincidentally, after our story broke, people started posting pictures um, and sending them to me of, of other people wearing their free our hostages sweatshirts at games that night. So in LA and other NBA stadiums, people were wearing the very same sweatshirt. And I think that's, that's so troubling. You know, it's so troubling that in Toronto, we've taken this position. Okay, so you have a legal challenge coming up? Yes, no, what's happening? So Ellen, like, I think what we have to, I think the message here, the real message, I know we've been talking about, you know, uh, you have to consider it from the MLSC perspective and worried about people coming in and what about their political messaging? I think we need to really make this clear. This is not a political message. This is not something that right-minded people, that people of conscience could ever disagree about in terms of policy. Understood, no but back to my question, which you, I asked you, so what's next? So, so the real issue, I think, that, that, that we feel right now is this, this was not contrary to any policy. If the policy was one that uh, blanket prohibits any political slogan, uh, slogans, this was not that. And the only alternative then was that we were singled out and discriminated against because we were Jews and we're calling attention to the plight of Jews somewhere else in the world. Did they know you were Jewish or it's just the shirt? I mean, I'm wearing a Megan David. There's a Megan David on the front. There's a Megan David on the back. So, you know, maybe not so. But, but the identification of the Jewish star was certainly present and observable. And we both have like lots of chutzpah. So it could have been that. As well. <laughs> it's possible. Bottom line, yes, no, you're going against the policy. You're filing something. What's happening? We want, we want an apology. We want an apology from the MLSE and we want a clarification of their policy and we want to make sure that anybody, anybody, Jews, Palestinians, uh, people who are really, really concerned about justice in this world will be able to wear this shirt with this message and not be harassed and not be asked to leave from going to see a Raptors game. That's what we want. And in the absence of that, we'll have to consider our options. If they're not prepared to say, oops, we made a mistake, this was the actions of, you know, guards who, you know, as you point out, you know, are not, you know, well versed in determining what's political and what's not. I think this was discriminatory. And if the MLSC wants to double down on this, I don't think any other conclusion could be reached except we were discriminated against and we're not shy about going to court. Well, yeah, that's kind of what you do. So there is some talk that this was a stunt set up, not by Yala, but you said it wasn't, so I'm I'm taking you at your word. Yeah. 
But some Jewish people have said to us, oh, this is just going to make it worse for us. They're just getting bad attention to the Jews. We don't need this kind of attention now. I'm sure you've heard this. I have. The shashtil kind of attitude, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of I'm tired of that position. I'm tired of hearing that from people. I, I really am. This wasn't, you know, me going on the 401 overpass at Avenue Road and confronting, you know, the the protesters. This was not that it really wasn't. In fact, Gary will tell you when I was standing there and she said to him, you know, someone's going to come and speak to you. I looked and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about it. And I'll say I'll say something else on that issue, Ellen. Um, the people who have been contacting me, like throughout the world, uh, from my childhood, from from Talmud Torah and Herzliya, and people saying, "Just thank you," even if they thought that this was a stunt, it, it was filling them up because we've been beaten so down, and and you feel so helpless, and and you know. The feeling from the people that have been reaching out to me is just like, you know, rejuvenated, re-energized because, you know, people are starting to lose hope and wondering if this is all for nothing. So I'm not getting that impression, but I have to say, like hearing it from you for the first time, that there are some Jews out there who are saying, oh, this is making it worse. Never again are we going to be quiet. Never again are we going to allow this to happen without, without using our power and using our voices. Um, So that's what I have to say to those people. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Leora Shemesh has season tickets in another part of the stands, and she knows she's at risk of losing them under the MLSC policy. The whole matter is now under investigation, and she's expecting to hear back this week. Meanwhile, her group is planning a larger show of support for the hostages. The Raptors' next four-game homestretch starts on Wednesday and ends March the 5th. I'd love to hear your comments about this story. I'm at ebesner at thecjn.ca. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. And by the way, the Raptors did end up winning. Walker gets it back, sidestep, three, doesn't go. Boucher with a rebound, that's going to do it. Raptors take it 121 to 93. Happy birthday, Coach Stocko. Nice win on your birthday.